Eichel spins off a sandwich and down towards the goal. Barbashev, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harley down through the circle. He's going to again. To the right, a shot. Oh, and a stop by Hill with the glove. Robertson at the right dot. The lefty tried to go top right corner. Hill flashes his mitt for the big save. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Fire up the vehicles. We're getting ready for a parade tomorrow, 7 o'clock on the Strip, starting over at uh, Flamingo and then right down the Strip, uh, about a mile and a half, two miles uh, mm-hmm. stretch, and then over to Tropicana. They'll loop around and drop off the players and management and staff, and then they'll hold a rally at about 9 o'clock on Toshiba Plaza uh, right beside T-Mobile Arena. So that's the timeline. It'll start Roughly 7 o'clock in the Flamingo side. Mm-hmm. So on the Tropicana end, you're not going to see anybody for a couple hours. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be there in advance to really uh, stake out your spot and get a good cool. location. Yeah. Uh, my family was checking around today for us to establishments trying to book a seat. Mm-hmm. To be able to pop in and out, like when the when all the vehicles go by, mm-hmm. and it's it's all reserved. I can it is only locked imagine. right yeah. down. Like Mona people, Miga people B. Had the, uh, people had all this, this the same idea. Mona Miga B. First of all, fantastic food. I don't know if you've ever eaten there. I know it's one of. Oh, Bo- I thought you were saying hello. Well, is that hello? I don't, I don't know. know. So I know that's one of William Carrier's favorite restaurants, <laughs> but it's 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 a great location because it's <sighs> literally at the Paris and it's right on mm. the Strip. Yeah, it's, and it's across from actually one of the first dates I took my wife on. I took her there. Really? Yes. Nice. We are outside, got the visual of the fountains got, going you off. You got the Eiffel Tower, you got yep. the fountains, all that beautiful Needless stuff. Needless to say. Well done. Good job. Yeah. Sealed the deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a note from Darren Elliott last night mm-hmm. who won an award when he was working in Detroit on their television broadcast. So he, he did uh, a big tour like the Stanley Cup, took it around Detroit. And one of the uh, places he took to was the fountains in Detroit, and he swam in the fountain. And he wanted to make sure that I knew mm-hmm. the fountain thing had been done already. Sure. And it uh, it was something that he started. Now, I don't know how much weight you put into that. Mm-hmm. I give him credit because he, he geared down on television, which I wouldn't do. Nobody needs to see that. And it was a shallow fountain, and he was right in there, yeah. uh, like, in in the water, underneath, head down, uh, away you go. Uh, we are still trying to really lock in how many people are going to be in the fountains tomorrow night, the Bellagio fountains. Well, I mean, have you settled on your number or no? Uh, I'm I'm up to seven and a half. Seven it, and it's a half. It's gone up. I'm uh, taking the over, hundred percent. Seven and a half. Yeah, I think the problem is if one person does it's it, a cascade. It's yeah, like like there's no way to stop like thirty other people from doing it. Okay. I'm going to go saying. under. Seven and a half is the over under. I Wallace is taking the over. I'm taking the under. Where I, are you, Chapman? I'm I'm going under seven and a half because I don't think I don't think that there's going to be people who do it. I think people will heed the warning from myself. What warning? Um, my warning is don't do it. Darren's literally told people to do it. No, I, uh, I don't think he's gone that far. No, I said I'm not encouraging anybody to do yes. it. I just believe somebody will. I, and and right. I, I, I just don't if, think. If somebody does, 
It's absolutely over seven and a half. I think when the, when, when when they see how deep Chapman. that water is, well, you don't know Darren, how deep the water is. You're not going to know. It's, it's, it looks pretty far. I okay. mean, they have boats in there. Chapman, so, let me ask you a question. You have no idea how deep it is, and yet you're saying when they see how deep it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I could find it on Google. Maybe we, uh, maybe we, there's something on Google that tells me how deep the water is. It's deeper than I thought, based on my memory from. <laughs> The All Star Game when they were doing sure. shooting the pucks, yeah, uh, it was deeper so, than I anticipated. Here you go, thirteen feet deep. Hmm. I so can't touch. Should, so you should know how to swim. Yeah. So if you're jumping in that thing, listen, have a life vest I, on. I don't think anybody should. I'm going to be very clear. But if one person does, multiple will. And Chapman, the other question you have to ask yourself: Has Darren ever won a bet on the show? No. Okay. But I don't think you guys have actually officially made a bet. The uh, the life preserver is a good idea. Yeah, like if you're yeah. doing it, I mean, 13 feet, if you can't swim. It's a bad time. Yeah. I think the paddleboard across there. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of, yeah. See, but you, you should work your relationships. With Maybe the cup? The, Paddle? Yeah. Paddle across. I mean, the, the NHL, the All-Star game, they have one of the skills competitions on yeah. it. So mm-hmm. get, get there in a paddleboard. That'd be, uh, that'd be fun. Uh, let's get into Bruce Cassidy, who I spoke to yesterday uh, in the coach's office at uh, City National Arena. Uh, went through uh, a lot of things. You'll hear some uh, discussion about Jack Eichel, uh, about his coaching staff, which were all brand new to him this year. And uh, we give uh, a little bit of love to, to the guys that, uh, that were with him every step of the way. And at the very end, there's a conversation about fireplace chat. That is in reference to... Bruce and I, when we sat down in New York City this year during the road trip, and we were in uh, a room, that the players' lounge. The team gets a room where they have uh, their team meals or they can hang out and do whatever in, in every city, in every hotel. And in this place, it had uh, a fireplace, and it was a cool little setup, and we were talking about uh, uh, calling it a fireside chat and uh, whether uh, there's a president that used to do it. Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt, thank you. Uh, fireside chats, and and when we talked a couple of weeks ago, Bruce said, "Hey, we where's the fireplace? Mm-hmm. Like we got to get the fireplace back." And then after they won, we thought we'd do it again, and he was busting on me for no fireplace. And that's where the genesis of the conversation at the very end. But uh, let's start with something uh, a little more recent, as far as the moments after that Stanley Cup championship clinching game. Do you uh, did you save anything from that night? Lineup card, puck. I have all that stuff in files, so I will keep it somewhere. Um, I asked for a you know the finals puck. It's funny (laughs) say that a puck came into the bench. I don't know if you noticed this on the air and hit Ryan Craig right in the kind of back of the head, and he has a mark on his white shirt, and and the puck fell down. I grabbed it. No regard for Ryan's safety. I'm like, I want this puck. <laughs> and he was fine. And then there's a little girl sitting behind me that's half asleep, right? Right in the back row, and their little boy. And, I, and, you know, I'm looking. It's like, and you know, the dad's looking at it. So, all right, here's the puck. You know what I mean? You got to give it yeah. to the kids, right? So I can get my own later. But it was funny. Craigers <laughs> down and out. I'm just worried about the puck. Where's this puck? It's a great souvenir. Because I think it was late in the game, right? So you're relaxed. But... Um, you know, there'll be, you know, the scarf and the hat, we'll keep all that, you know, to yeah. be in a good spot. But I think 
Honestly, what will happen, like, in, I think in six months, it'll be packed away somewhere, right? And it's the memories in your brain that you remember more than the, the actual things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'll look back, I think, when you're maybe a little bit older and you have grandkids and all that, that's probably when you appreciate that more, would be my mm-hmm. guess. You'll go through some of that stuff. Like someone came through the house in Cape Cod last year and the basement, there's a little kind of bar area and a pool table. You know what I mean? It's a game room. It's yeah. a sitting room for the kids. And the Jack Adams trophy was on the shelf and I'd forgot, you know, I didn't know where I, and it's like, wow, there's Jack Adams sitting right here. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's right. I, you know, I won that a few years ago. Not, you know, I sound pompous, but you know what? Okay. There it was. And I forgot I'd actually put it. If someone had said, where is it? I'd say, well, I don't know. It's somewhere on a shelf somewhere. And there it was. So I think that will happen to some of this stuff. And then eventually you'll have a little area where you're hopefully, when you're all said and done, maybe you, you collect stuff, right? Like I'm a collector. I have probably 7,000 hockey cards from when I was a kid. And I'm sure I'll pass them down to the kids or whatever. But I used to have a lot of that stuff. I was actually the guy, not to take up all your time here, that has all the ticket stubs from all the concerts I went to when I was younger or baseball games. or. You were that guy? I, I always thought, so I go into this, one day I was at a restaurant or something, and there's a like a, a bar top or whatever and had all the tickets under it. It was a sports bar somewhere. I don't know. It could be the name of any. In Ottawa? I think so. Yeah. I can't remember where and had all these ticket stubs. And I thought it was cool. I said, well, one day when I, you know, if I ever have a family room, I'll put all these. So I have a probably a lot of Montreal Expos tickets, Cincinnati Reds, playing the Cubs because I was a Reds fan. Uh, not probably a lot of hockey because I was working in hockey, but it's more like I probably have a, Pearl Jam concert stubs, Stevie Nicks, whatever the concerts mm. I've seen over the years. And what do you do with them all, right? They're all packed away. And that's like some of the, like, you know, I'll put a puck somewhere and, I, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll look back years from now and be, probably bring back some, jog some memories, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. Julie, let's keep that all, that stuff? Yeah, she's a minimalist and, and so am I with a lot yeah. of stuff. So that, that has to be uh, packed neatly <laughs> and arranged neatly wherever I put it. <laughs> So you get one of those big Rubbermaid tubs and you put it all in there and you put it under. Everyone has some sort of stairs that you can hide something under. That, that's, that's where I have to put it or it's gone. So that's the way it works in our house. You were new to the staff here. Tell me one thing about each one of your assistant coaches. Uh, you're, you're great at recognizing them in, in the media and, and talking about who does uh, J- John Stevens to me is the um, he's that military to work nose to the grindstone type of guy loves the game has got the you know um, wants to teach the game Sean Burke is is the character he plays music he plays the guitar he's got movie rights to certain things and he, he's got a lot going on in terms of entertainment so he's always got stories um mish mr positive walks into the room and everything's great and you need a guy like that on your staff um i think craiger's more like me he's a little bit he's got a sense of humor but it you know you have to bring it out of him he's not gonna just walk into a room and um so he's a little bit of all of it you know uh, most recently retired so he's the most connected with the players mm-hmm. so he's got a bit of that recency from playing sort of athletic, better shape than us, I guess. <laughs> that's the simplest way to put it. <laughs> he still hasn't gone through his... He doesn't have the hip. He doesn't, he has, have, yeah, he doesn't have a fake hip yet or knee where it's going to bog him down. Yeah. So um, all terrific guys, but all different, right? And we've really found a way to make it work. 
Um, and when you win, that happens, right? I mean, it's, you know, usually it's all positive. But even if we had it, we had a good experience with each other. Um, and we all, you know, kind of do our, are allowed to have our space and do our own thing. But one of the things we've done well that I've always believed in is we're on the road at 6 o'clock. We're meeting in the lobby. We're going to dinner. Unless, and I'm, I'm not telling a grown man what he has to do. I mean, yeah. if you have family in town, but I wanted, I was hoping that it was always an open invite. Let's, so, and that, I took that from Boston. So I told Mish when we got here, you're the restaurant guy. Okay, you're going to pick the restaurant. You okay with that? Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Craig, I think, ended up being the appetizer guy. There's always some of the orders, the apps, right? Because it's yeah. like, it'll take you forever if you're a group of guys. What do you like? What do you like? So yeah. you just order. Figure out what we like <laughs> as we go. Uh, Johnny's kind of the wine guy. He knows his wine. So okay, you pick the wine. And, and um, uh, Berkey's Berkey. He's going to entertain right? yeah. during the, the, the dinner. So it works out, right? You, ever, you, you almost have your roles at dinner. Does that what, sound could, weird? Rogo, could Rogo challenge? I Rogo, yeah. Could Rogo challenge? Because uh, he's the video guy. Yeah. Well, Rogo, what, uh, pro- the reason I forgot Rogo with the dinner is because uh, he usually goes to the rink to set up as soon as we land. So he misses out on summit. So he catches up later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, if, God, I feel bad about that. Rogo, yeah, he, uh, Rogo has my sense of humor a little bit where it's, it's dry sense of humor. It's trying to be witty. Um, so I connected with him right away with little, you know, sometimes they almost, when you're trying to be witty, you get into that dad joke territory, which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go there with the guys. So, um, but Rogo's a great fit too. He's does a lot, you know, he's by himself, mm-hmm. um, but he's a quiet guy that we include in everything. Um, real good at what he does. Gary Calloway's here, uh, VGKPR. Can you show Bruce that video of me? I'm going to show you something. This is epic fail uh, from the night of the championship in the room, and I stood there for a little bit, and then I grabbed a bottle of champagne and decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in here. I like the angle. It looks like you got great yeah, I don't hair. Know. Right. And I got a big head with that angle. I don't know <laughs> yes, what the lens do. was or yeah, what, what it was. It's from over top. But. So I buy in and I try to shake up the champagne. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I drop it. Yeah, you clear, I, clearly I, weren't a skill guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I own that or do I, 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 I put it out there, but. It can happen to anybody, Darren. It can happen to anybody. <laughs> Heat of the moment. The emotions are running high. Probably a lot of pressure on you too, right? It was. You got to get it done. And yeah. You can't shake it forever. Like and I haven't go. done that for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I remember doing it at uh, New Year's a few years ago, and you're trying to push that cork out. Yes. But not not blind anybody. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to get sued in the process if it hits someone. So you got to aim it the right direction. There's a lot going on. I, I feel for you. Jack Eichel's <laughs> at the far end. I'm like, I don't you don't don't need this thing to ricochet off. Can you imagine if you hit him in the back of the head? That'd be like the fourth time in the playoffs. He's like, Am I not done with this? Are you, so <clears throat> we're not impressed with the way he answered physically as much as oh, yeah. he he's did. a big, strong guy. Can skate. The interesting about the playoffs, right, is those guys might not do that, bring that in the regular season every night. But, you know, Jack, he crushed that Colin White. And I don't know if you remember that in mm-hmm. Florida in front of our bench. And just, like, he got up like the, it's that, uh, I grew up watching the Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah. If you remember that, because Coyote would get up and he'd be like a, a xylophone, kind of yeah. walking, <laughs> trying to walk back to the Acme store or wherever yeah, he's hit going. hit the wall and just, and, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what, that's what he's, poor Colin White. He got up and played again, but when it happened, that's what it was like, ouch. So, but Jack can do that. But no, I'm impressed with his strength on the puck and 
and um, really hoping this becomes like a real stepping stone for his confidence and career. Like really takes a, he's a, always been a good player, but this could push him towards great, right? So, What will you take from this year? Um, it's not easy to win. You need a lot of good things to happen. Health, our health, going into the playoffs. Um, but I'll also look at it as like anything's possible, right? It's a new start for me. Didn't mm -hmm. know a lot of people. Very few players, coaching staff. And you can get it done. So that you should never think there's a certain formula that has to be there. That, that just, you know, so that'll always give me confidence at the start of the year that, you know, anybody can win if you... You know, you need the players, obviously, but put things in place, it can happen. So I think I used to think there's like a structured plan, how you got to do it, what the team has to look like. Now it's like, you know what, you just kind of mold as you go and see if things fall into place and give yourself a chance and anything can happen. Do you get more strokes at the golf course because you got a late start? I have a member guest coming up uh, at the end of June. And these guys will eat me alive. So no, I'm getting no strokes. I have to play on my last end of the year handicap. So I'm going to take it on the chin. But you know what? I'm going to smile doing it because I'm a Stanley Cup champion, Darren. <laughs> who's your Who's your guest? Do you know yet? Bill Thompson. He's a lawyer in Boston. Okay. So if they get, I thought maybe there's a guy named Stanley you might take. Ah, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah, you know, <laughs> That's a dad joke. Yeah. Stan may come along later in the summer. Yeah. That's a pretty cool memory guest. Yeah. Stan's a little stiff, but shiny. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, congratulations. Thanks for this. Thanks, Darren. You're Happy to do it. Hey, can we get a, fi a real fireplace next I, year? I, I can we do that? said that to, to Garrett. I, I well, promise you the fireplace a, next a time. A simple request. We, and we started with, we, you started too high. That's what happened. We had the New fireplace York City. in New York, so you set the standard so high that I want you know. <laughs> now we're in a coach's office that's <laughs> empty right now. <laughs> yeah, we were on the 45th floor in Hudson Yards with a fireplace. It was hugely cool mm -hmm. the first time we did a chirp podcast uh, interview and yesterday we just we quite honestly we just had to get it done and he was so gracious with his with his time yesterday uh, awesome stuff as uh, he bounced around doing some family stuff uh, ahead of the uh, the parade tomorrow uh, a couple of things uh, out of that one that he has changed the way he looks at the playoff he used to thought think there was a formula to it mm -hmm. and he kind of had to check the boxes but and he mentioned that again today mm -hmm. uh, during his availability that you you can go at it in various routes. I think that 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 kind of speaks to the team that he had. I mean, throughout the year, there were there were moments right where where Bruce would talk about imperfections, but the one thing that this team did incredibly well was win hockey games. And you know, when you start to go through the playoffs, there there are certain things that need to kind of fall into place. But the fact of the matter is. Uh, when the Golden Knights needed to play their best games, they they had their best games, and and one of the aspects that you know he talked about today that you know maybe surprised him about playoff hockey was special teams, right? Like you look at the Golden Knights and how they built and how they were got better and better as the playoffs went on. Specifically, their penalty kill, their power play was great in the in the Stanley Cup Final too, but their penalty kill absolutely took away any chance. I feel the Florida Panthers would have had to keep up with the Golden Knights in terms of scoring 
and that's what you want to play see. their style. Yeah, or play their style. So the fact of the matter is, you know, the Golden Knights they they built and they continued to build and they could build and continue to grow into their game, um, and, and that's something that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, one area though, like this is a team that thrived on finding ways to win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the phrases that I leaned on is if you watch them periodically, you have no idea how they do it. Yeah, you, that's you, fair. you can't figure it out. And if you watch them every night, you're like, I still don't know how they do it <laughs> Well, a- every night, except they win the Stanley Cup 9-3. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when we talk about it, right, no 30-goal scorer in the regular season. And yet they averaged four goals a game throughout the entirety of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, it, it, it kind of speaks to something that, you know, Kelly and George had also talked about today. And that was there's no pressure on one line to be the line. There's no pressure on one guy to be the guy. If there's an off night for Jack Eichel, there's an off night for Mark Stone, then you get picked up by William Carlson. You get picked up by Jonathan Marcheseau or Will Carrier. And that's what it was the entire time in the postseason. Great stuff from uh, Bruce Cassidy. Thank you for that uh, conversation yesterday. Bill Foley, the owner of the Vegas School of the Knights, on Cup in Six. You'll hear from him earlier today on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. A few things happening around the National Hockey League, and uh, we'll break it down in uh, a lot more detail, spend a lot more time on it on Monday's show, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. today we're a little bit uh, backed up with all the media availability today. I wanted to make sure that everybody got a chance to hear some uh, stories from President of Hockey Operations, uh, George McPhee, and General Manager Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, Bruce Cassidy is sharing his thoughts uh, and experiences, and uh, first and foremost, owner Bill Foley. Yeah. We don't, we don't sit down with Bill very often. No, we don't. Um, and he is awesome. There's no other way to describe it. Bill Foley's fantastic. And uh, he was super, super engaging this morning. So the home opener broadcast, he joins me on the set this year uh, mm-hmm. before the game. And I asked him about the cup and six, knowing that this is the season. Sure. And he said, I'm sticking to it. I feel great about it. In fact, the time that I've been around this group, it reminds so much of year number one. Mm-hmm. He he mentioned that right away. He felt it in the early going, and then what happens? It ends up being a, a cup in six. Here's Bill Foley from earlier today at City National Arena. So Nate wanted to know if I wanted to make a statement. I didn't really didn't accept. Uh, it was the cup in six, wasn't it? <laughs> Chris Chapman, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Bill, you just kind of touched on it. You've been a pretty good prognosticator in terms of <laughs> predictions. So for the Bournemouth fans, maybe any bold predictions for an FA Cup or maybe a Champions League appearance? And will um, the Stanley Cup make an appearance? Yeah, I did uh, do the prediction that we were not going to be relegated. And that uh, that made – I did it a BBC reporter, and that kind of made the rounds. And Because I got sick and tired. Uh, well, you're going to be relegated. How do you possibly stay up? You're picked to be, you're picked number 20. And I finally said, uh, we're not going to be relegated back in late December. I guarantee it. And, of course, that came back to haunt me for a while. But worked out we didn't get relegated. 
You know, we have uh, perhaps more modest expectations. Football is the greatest sport in the world, and uh, the Premier League is the best football league in the world, and there's the competition is unbelievable. So we ended up 15th. We'll be doing some serious adds to our squad this summer, and we have modest goals. Let's see if we can't work our way to 13th, 12th, and maybe the next year, 11th, 10th, then 9th, 8th, and then maybe somehow we sneak in like a Brighton. And we do play European football, but it's it's a few years off, so it's not going to happen, not going to happen just yet. And we'll see how this team that we that we're putting together this summer supplements what we already have. And and we're in the middle of it. I mean, we're already we're talking to agents and talking to players, and ha- you can't make commitments just yet. It's supposed to be July first, but we have a lot of people lined up that we're very very interested in. So my prospects for Bournemouth are are, are very good. And our prospects for our multi-club strategy is on track. We have one now, a, a League One club, and we're working in Belgium. Uh, we have some ideas about Spain. So we, and we don't need a bunch. We need about three that we can send players to. They get their, uh, they get their uh, experience. They're playing all the time. Then they come back up to Bournemouth. And, uh, so we, we have a plan, but it's going to be evolving. Take a, take a little while. Of course, this took a while, too. Is this Stanley Cup going to make an appearance at Bournemouth this year? Probably not at Bournemouth. It's definitely going to make an appearance, appearance at Rock Creek Cattle Company, at Whitefish, Montana, uh, Northern California, uh, the Valley the Valley Club in Santa Barbara County. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get around. Uh, Kim Frank is actually putting the schedule together right now, and it's a this is quite a schedule. And actually, the, the Stanley Cup is presently located at Rock Creek Cattle Company because the guys all took, uh, we got them up there yesterday and they all wanted to go up and so we got them all up there, wives and guys, and they all got there by, they all arrived by about five. Some of them got there early and um, I don't know what they did last night, but I think they were up pretty late. <laughs> Bill, uh, Mike's eyes for NHL.com. Tomorrow you're going to be in a car in one of the most famous one and a half miles of street in the entire world. And, you know, six years earlier, just a half a mile from there, it came from one of the, you know, biggest tragedies that we've seen. Um, can you talk about the journey and the, the, the role that this organization has played from, you know, trying to heal an entire city from what happened at Mandalay Bay till tomorrow? In that in that parade, when people can just unleash their unbridled joy, a very interesting question, and it uh, it ties into when we got the team and we started developing our plan. We high priority for us was to be part of the community, embed ourselves in the community, have the community embed themselves with us, and the tragedy was terrible, but we changed everything after that happened. Our whole game presentation went away and got replanned with the Derek England speech and so on. And during that week, we were brand new. No one knew our hockey players. They, you know, they were wandering around in their jerseys and they were going to police stations and fire stations, the civic center. They went to hospitals, talked to people that had been injured. And it was just unbelievable. And I remember Joe Lombardo, uh, they went to one of, the, one of the police stations, and he was there, and he said, what are you guys doing here? 
you know, we, we got work to do. And uh, they said, we're just here to help. Just here to be part of the community. And they became part of the community. And you saw what happened that first night, when we, our first home game and the speech, and we honored the first responders. And I just feel from that point on, we had done a, ser we had done a serious job becoming part of the community. And we've been, th been there ever since. I mean, we have lots of charities that we support. The VGK Foundation is a big contributor. The Folded Flag Foundation is a big contributor in this town, a charity I'm associated with. And by the way, thank you, Vinnie Viola, for the $100,000 uh, contribution to the Folded Flag Foundation based upon our victory. I'm enjoying that. I'm waiting for the check, Vinnie, just in case he's, in case he's listening. <laughs> I know he's good for it. <laughs> um, but then as we progressed, we, st we stuck with it and we really be we remained part of the community. And I'm, we made that run the first year, which was, uh, which was really amazing. And I remember after the fifth game, I felt so empty. Here we got beat in five by Washington and we were up one, at one zero. And the next day, I, I just felt so empty. It had been taken from us. And so we had a big party. You know, we had a, we had a fan fest down, uh, downtown. Oh boy, 20,000 people, 25,000 people go to a fan fest for a team that lost. And I knew that we'd done our job. And we've been with the community ever since. Uh, we're out in front of T-Mobile for game seven. The estimate is 11,000 people on the, on the plaza, 19,000 plus in the arena. Makes me proud makes me proud of what we've accomplished here. And, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a member of this community, and I'm, I'm really proud of our players. I'm proud of George and Kelly. It's, uh, it's just starting to sink in that we actually won the Stanley Cup. I didn't get up this morning until 10.15. <laughs> First good night's sleep. It was great. <laughs> Ken Bulky, Sinman, Not Vegas. Before this season started, you said you wanted to be more vocal to make sure Cup and Six happened. How did that materialize? Well, I wanted to be a little bit more involved in just the decision-making process and make sure I got involved earlier. As George said and Kelly said, they involved me in the decisions. Sometimes I get involved, was getting involved a little bit too late. And um, I didn't want that to happen this year. I really wanted to know the game plan from day one. I had always been sitting in with the, with the pro scout meetings and listening to the plans and trying to understand as we go through every team and every player that's possibly available, who is going to fit on our team. Uh, and early on, back before we even had a team, the pro and am amateur scouts came in and they had, I think, eight criteria what they looked for, hockey sense, speed, all kinds of things like that. And I told them at that time, said there's number one criteria, character. If we build a team with character that depend and they depend on each other, and you think about it as I think about a, plat a platoon, and everyone's working with each other, we'll be successful. And so I just got a, I wouldn't say I didn't, get involved by, okay, now, don't do this, don't do that. I just had a little more input and a little more involvement. And um, I believe it helped. Helped. I, I didn't get any pushback. <laughs> but it wasn't that significant. I can tell you, those guys make the decisions. Jesse Granger with The Athletic. Um, just first, real quick, what do you imagine the party um, up in Montana is like? What, what are those guys doing right now? <laughs> Well, they went up there in four different airplanes, uh, four different airplanes, and the first plane arrived around 11, and it was mainly uh, golfers, 
and I'm not sure all the wives were on that plane. They were, I think they were on a second plane. So they hit the golf course. Then they got done with that, they started ATVing. Uh, I didn't let them go shooting, because they were already had a few drinks, so they, that normally is a, so, so there's, there's, they may have had some shots, but they weren't shooting. Uh, and they finally settled up for, for dinner around 8.30 down by, we have it called the last shot, it's down, it's a tent we have down by the, by the uh, golf shop. Uh, and I got a couple pictures, I think they were sometime later because they were in the bar, so what time was that? And they had, uh, they had poker set up for them, they wanted to play poker and had some dealers in there. If it's like the bonding trip in October, um, they saw the sun come up. <laughs> and then they went out and they paid, played more golf. And now their uh, first group's coming back. <laughs> I'm sure they had a good time. They, um, Petro called me, or I actually called Kim Frank, and I, I called him back because he, he said, well, some of the guys would like to go to Rock Creek just for, the day, just for a day. I said, really? Just go up there for a day? Oh, yeah, yeah, we want to go to Rock Creek. I said, well, okay, we'll get a list and let me know if you really want to go, and I'll see if I can arrange something. And he, he called back about three minutes later. He was, he was at Marty's house. They're having a party. He said, well, we all want to go, and we want to bring our wives. <laughs> so, so anyway, they, I, we got it. We got it arranged for them. Got it. Got them squared away. And then, I'll, secondly, we've talked a lot about your your, your prognostications. Um, I think maybe none bigger than this city as a sports town. And six years later, we have the Raiders, and the Super Bowl is going to be here. I'm curious when you look back to before you got the team here. What do, what do you think you saw in Las Vegas that maybe everybody else didn't at the time? Well, I think everyone was spooked by gambling, but that sort of went away over time, and Gary Bettman led the way, uh, led the way on that. But um, we d when we did our research, and I was a skeptic uh, initially, before we started our ticket drives and so on, uh, and I was negotiating with the commissioner about franchise fee, and I started at, I think, 150, and he, st he started at 600, and I went to 200, and he went to 595, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, so we settled on, on 500, um, and I talked to other people that were involved and said, what do you think? I said, it's really expensive for a, for a hockey franchise. And to a person, they said, there are only 124 major league franchises in America, or something like that. This will be one of them. And so we, we kind of uh, we ponied up, we, we, we paid the money. And as part of that process, though, we did our own research. And, our research showed us that back then when Vegas had a million nine fifty, two million people, we had 140 to 150,000 avid hockey fans from somewhere else. And, and mainly males, some females, but mainly males, said, okay, if I've got 140,000, that means I've really got 280 because they're married, and then I've got kids, so maybe it's 400. And we kept on doing our research and we did that ticket drive and amazingly enough, within about 30 days, we had 11, 11 or 12,000 season ticket deposits. The people put an escrow 15% of a season ticket pass. We didn't have a team, we didn't have a name, we didn't have an arena. That's when I knew we had it. And I thought, well, other people are gonna follow. They're bound to follow, because there's just too much, too much going on here. And the other thing you have to remember is what are the 42 or 43 million visitors that come to Las Vegas. Bournemouth, for example, has 8 million visitors that go to Bournemouth. Well, we're not tapping into those 8 million. And 
we really haven't tapped into the 43 million other than to sell them gear because I don't want them in the arena. I want I want our fans in the arena. We I don't I don't want to see those other jerseys. It bugs me. We've I don't know if you noticed, but we have a we have a system that no more than four fans can sit in a row together, and then there must be a row separating those fans, and the overlapping fan can only be offline one seat with other with three other guys. I love them, they pay a lot of money, but, <laughs> but I don't want them in my arena. <laughs> Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun, Bill, two questions for me. Uh, first one, there's some reports out there that Vegas may host a draft next year. Has there been any conversations as far as that goes, and is there any progress on that? You, you, we're, we're working on it. We've had some good feedback. I'll, I'll let the NHL kind of handle that announcement. Right. Second one for me. Uh, when, when the team first started, which would be really fun. Yeah. If we had it, it'd be really fun. Um, the second question for me: when, when the team first started, obviously the whole thing of having 23 captains on the roster and just the overall camaraderie of that group. To see what Mark Stone went through with two back surgeries in less than a year, has the playoffs that he did, his first the Hoist the Cup. Just what has he meant to this franchise since you all decided to name him captain? You know, I, I'm uh, really proud of Stoney and uh, what he's what he's gone through. Um, we started out the first few years with no with everyone's a captain, uh, and we felt like we that was the way to have the room bond. And we wanted to make sure that when we picked a captain, he was the true leader. He had the respect of the team, and that's and Stoney does that. He, you know, he's quiet strength. He's uh, there's so much inside that inside that man and that and his leadership qualities. Doesn't say a lot. He just performs. And it, when he says something, it's really uh, it's, it's significant. So he's been the perfect captain. And um, two back operations, they were, you know, some, uh, some people had said, well, he's just out now and he's not really out. But he was out. And uh, he managed to come back for the playoffs, just barely. But he's skating great and he feels good. And they, in the playoffs, a couple of guys tried to take him out and make, it, make his life miserable. And uh, he was tough. He got, he got through it, so he leads by example. So in my mind, he's the perfect captain. Um, when we were making a coaching change a couple of years ago, I invited um, a couple of the guys over, and he was one of them, just to talk about what they, what they felt about going forward and what we should be thinking about. And they helped me, helped me with the decision we made, the previous, previous situation, which I communicated to George and Kelly, and they were, they were on board. <clears throat> so he's just a he but the whole team if you know it, the team is full of leaders it's full of comradeship our team this year was back to where we were kind of year one everyone playing together everyone being together and we had some fits and starts and maybe all the trades we made weren't perfect in the, the ins and outs but it was all done with the process in mind of we have a really good team we need an elite forward, we need an elite centerman, and we need an elite D-man if we're going to ever win the cup. And if you notice, that's what we did. Elite forward, elite D-man, elite centerman. And that would, Michael was the last piece of the puzzle. Uh, so I feel, like we, I feel like we've got a great team. They're not entitled. They play together. And they have great leadership in Mark Stone. Bill Foley uh, with some... Uh 
enlightening comments. I love his commentary, whether he's talking about football. Thanks to Chris Chapman for that. And uh, the idea of leaning on his players and getting their feedback concerning the next head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the next head coach, the understanding of, of what direction you, you go in with a captain, understanding what the, the Golden Knights have built. And then the, the main quality, right? It's character. It, it's good people. And that's what this organization's been built on. And the idea of putting a franchise here and whatever, what went into it and uh, leaning on people from elsewhere because there's so many people that have transplanted in here and mm-hmm. capitalizing on that. May not be a, a traditional hockey market, but there's enough people from traditional hockey markets that live here. Uh, catching up with Chapman is next, but first, another giveaway. Yeah. If you missed your opportunity earlier to go to Power Trip Live, you have another crack at it right now. October 6th, 7th, and 8th, Empire Polo Grounds, Indio, California. It's Power Trip Live, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica and Tool, we got two tickets, good for all three nights, 702-876-1340, caller number 12. Catching up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So a couple things or a few things from media day today thought it was very cool that bruce we didn't hear it because we we played the interview with bruce which was a lot more formal but during his his media availability today he acknowledged and gave a shout out to the aces for winning the WNBA championship last year which i thought was very cool and he gave a shout out to my playoff beard which i also thought was very cool so uh bruce notices me when i ask questions and uh i think that's kind of cool I told you yesterday, you are noticed. Oh, I know. And I love, I told, I think it was, I don't remember who it was that tweeted at me, but I know neither one of you are wrestling fans, but there was a wrestler back in the 80s and early 90s named Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't assume Governor of Minnesota. And he was the most flamboyant. He wore like pink suit jackets with tie-dye t-shirts. No, he was in Predator. Predator. Didn't last very long in Predator. But he would wear, like, the feather boa, and he had, like, flock of seagull sunglasses, and he would wear, like, these cool hats. And I said, you know, if I had the cash, I would absolutely 100% dress like Jesse the Body Ventura back when he was commentating on wrestling. I don't think you need a ton of money to replicate it. That's true. I could probably do, like, the thrift shop. thrift shop items. Oh, my God. 100%. I would totally love to show up one day to a game. You could find a boa. In a, in a tie-dye t-shirt with yep. a pink suit jacket and a feather boa. You got to commit to it. I don't think I'd have that problem. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's right there in front of you. I don't think I'd have that problem. I got the perfect stage for you. Yeah? The rally tomorrow at Toshiba yeah, Plaza. I'm, I'm not invited. I'm Walk not, up I'm, there. No, I'm not. I'm not part Own of that. It. That's I would. You know what? No, that's not my Own moment. It. No, can't do it. Get up there. Nope, I wouldn't touch the cup. That's not my moment. Doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the players. Well, I and, get and, not touching the cup, but own tomorrow the rally. Nah, it belongs Ladies to everyone and gentlemen, else. Christopher Chapman. Don't jump in the fountains, please. <laughs> <laughs>